I have some exciting news for those of you who wish that you could be nearer to Hillsdale College. Now, you can be a part of Hillsdale, no matter where you are in the world. In addition to their free online courses, Hillsdale College has created something new, the Hillsdale College Podcast Network. It allows you to learn even more from Hillsdale anywhere at any time. And on the Hillsdale College Podcast Network, you'll hear podcasts that feature conversations with Hillsdale College faculty, staff, friends, alumni, as well as visiting speakers and authors discussing everything from philosophy to theology to history, economics, politics, and current events. Listen to hundreds of episodes on the network from the Hillsdale Dialogues to the radio-free Hillsdale Hour to the Larry Arn Show, all for free. Get informed and entertained at Dana4FORHillsdale.com. That's Dana4Hillsdale.com and learn more about their free online courses and the new Hillsdale College Podcast Network. That's Dana4Hillsdale.com. Hillsdale College, developing minds, changing hearts. Could jump this summer after OPEC decided to cut global oil supply. Ariel Reshev has the details. Good morning, Ariel. Good morning to you, George. OPEC, the oil cartel, which controls about 40% of the world's oil and its allies, reaching a deal over the weekend to cut production by about a million barrels per day. This comes as these countries are concerned about possible oversupply if the economy slows down and we see demand go down as well. And the last time OPEC surprised the world with this kind of move back in April, gas prices spiked. Right now, gas prices hovering about 355 on average per gallon. That's down from 484 this time last year. So a lot of people wondering, what does this move mean for us? Well, analysts suggest that if, de- if demand remains constant, we still could see a slight spike in gas prices, though it's unclear exactly when these cuts may take hold. OPEC is scheduled to meet again just after Thanksgiving. Mm, it's almost like we told you that this is going to happen. Did. Yeah, because we did. We, we said, hey, guys, it's, uh, it's going to get a little crazier. The uh, gas prices are going to be rough. And we were warning everybody, don't be so, you know, it, it, don't be so um, surprised by all of this because this is, this is coming. We, well, the, we knew that they were going to do it because they had announced that, they, that this was something that they were going to. When did they announce this? It was like back in like early spring. I want to say it was like February or something. And they said, oh, yeah, there's going to be more to come. And we're like, oh, great. That's so great. Thanks, OPEC. But, you know, it would be it would be less, I think, concerning if we had some ability to, I don't know, deal with our if we had refinery capacity, if we had other abilities that we could rely on, like our like other energy we could rely if we if we were a little bit more self-sufficient and we weren't so terrified and worried about being reliant upon like Venezuela or Saudi Arabia, etc. Hmm, that's how we're going to start this week out. So this week chooses violence, does it? Okay. That's where we're at. So uh, welcome to the show. Happy Monday to you. It's a Monday. Mondays are just horrible. We all hate Mondays. Uh, Dana last year with you. Just start your week off. You can listen coast to coast. You can stream the program. You can find us on channel 347, 347 Direct TV. And I have, we're going to get into energy, we're going to get into the 2024 stuff because it's getting stupid. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I don't know, I'm like in a uh, kind of mood today. But I saw a lot of goofy stuff over the, over the weekend and, it, and it's kind of, it's a little nutty. And we're going to address all of it. Immigration, everything. So gas prices are going to go up. OPEC's cutting output, Saudi Arabia, a million barrels a day. The rest of the OPEC Plus, now remember OPEC Plus is part of, uh, that's uh, Russia's part of that. 
And they met at the beginning of the year. And that's when Joe Biden, they met after Joe Biden went hat in hand to Saudi Arabia to beg for some assistance. They didn't get it. So now, now OPEC plus, they're like, yeah, well, we're going to extend the earlier cuts all the way, guys, through the end of 2024. Kane, hey, what does that coincide with? Yeah, you're right. It it would be. Gosh, it's so crazy. It would totally be an election. Mm. So that's uh, just just the timing on that. I'm sure it's purely coincidental. Reducing the amount of oil to the global economy by one billion barrels per day, and they're making the cuts in July to support the sagging cost of crude. They said, and they had their little uh, their press conference about this they said they they just feel that this is transparent and fair meanwhile what are we doing kneecapping ourselves we got to make everything electric guys they think that's going to help they think that somehow that's going to help that's going to take dependence away from opec and it's just going to throw all the dependence on china i mean i really can't even believe we're still having this conversation i want to run head first off my roof because we have to say this every damn time this topic comes up and every now and then i'll get an i'll drive by email i'll get a drive by email and the reason why I say I told you so, it's really for like a handful of drive-bys. They're like, you're just fear-mongering your audience about gas prices. I get these. E- you're just fear-mongering your audience about gas prices. One of them said this on Facebook. I think Juan had a clip up or a short or something. One of them said it on Facebook. And <laughs> you, you guys didn't like that. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. But it's, I mean, this is true. We, we, knew, we told you this was coming because... They said it was coming. I mean, I'm going all the way back. I mean, I'm literally looking at my notes. The AP said that they were going to consider they they that they would likely extend cuts uh, through. Although now it's they didn't say like at what point back then. But the Associated Press has a piece that's in late January saying that they were looking to extend the cuts. Even that was after they had first announced that that was something that they were going to do at the start of summer. So this is this is expected. Now instead of talking about all of this. I'm going to update you about media. I, so I have this in one thing, media and 2024. I know. And we're going to get into some of the FBI stuff, the Comer stuff, all of that stuff too. But this is eating up a lot of attention throughout the news cycle because the legacy p- corporate press is trying to pick the nominee for the Republican Party. And corporate press want, needs the right to fight itself. And there are a lot of people, including a lot of stupid operatives who've lost their shine. I mean, at some point you've been in the game too long. You know what I'm saying? It's either you got people who have been in the game too damn long and they can't they can't get employment by new victories. They have to rely on old legacy associations. And then you have new people who think that the history began the day they were born and everything that they're doing, which is incredibly JV and has been done before, is all brand new because they just don't know any better. So that's kind of what we're dealing with in this in the scope of politics. And so and looking at this. A couple of things. You also have the, the, the legacy press, like I said, trying to get you to do Democrats' dirty work for them. Now, what do I mean by this? I mean, they want you to pit. This is one of the things that I saw. They want you to pit uh, the first ladies against each other in some sort of political first lady death match. Sidebar. Is that too, like, in-depth of a band name? Political, yeah, First Lady Deathmatch. Is that too? No, I, like I think it's actually really good. Like, imagine like an all girl punk band, but in like dressed like Jackie, like Jackie Kennedy, right? I'm just saying, it'd be interesting. 
Anyway, this is why this made me really mad yesterday, and I'm still angry about this, and you're going to be angry about this too. So this chick named Katie Baker. Now, I'm going to just, before I go into this, please understand, I have a particular set of skills. In some respects, I'm like the female Shorzy. There's no woman who's meaner. And I'm really trying hard to not play in to the most skilled and yet worst part of my nature when I address this story. But oh, are the fates tempting me. So I just want to let you know now, I'm going to really try to be very nice. As nice, well, maybe. We'll see. We'll see how far this goes. I look this chick up is all I'm saying. And I just think that people who live in ugly, haggy glass houses shouldn't throw stones. That's all I'm going to say. It's from Daily Beast. The headline, it's going to make you mad because this is a dig at you. Casey DeSantis is the Walmart Melania. Now, wait a minute. Before we go any further, I thought they hated Melania. She literally didn't say anything and they hated her. She would like give to the poor. Oh, she's such a horrible person. Right? She had like uh, parties for kids and veterans families at the White House. Oh, my gosh. They couldn't hate her enough. She always looked very well put together. Oh, my gosh. They can't stand her. I mean, they hated this one. They gave Jill Biden, who does such a disservice to Dolce & Gabbana, because she makes their very nice patterns look like Grandma's sofa when she wears it in a dress. And they give her a Vogue cover. They give Michelle Obama a Vogue cover. And then Melania Trump, they decided to, what, shame her? Even though you're not supposed to shame women, they decided to shame her for her past or something like that. That's like the whole thing. Anyway, this is the headline from Katie Baker. She writes, Casey DeSantis is the Walmart Melania. She better hope that pleather is pudding proof. I'm, be- I'm sure she was like very, she was applauding herself on the, the, the consonants there. So she goes over, she goes off about this leather jacket that I'm pretty sure someone had given them. It had the American flag on the front and alligator on the back and it said, we're what goes to die. She said, it brought to mind nothing so much as the racks of a red state Big Ben store where it would be retailing for $24.99. Hmm. And so she wrote 2,000 something words that sounds like a jealous screed on Casey DeSantis. And jibes at, and, and, taking, and taking jabs at Melania Trump. You have an East Coast journalist calling the Florida governor's wife the Walmart version of someone else that they also trashed and hated apparently until just now in this very nasty, poorly edited piece, which demonstrates how the corporate press still looks down on flyover. And you know it's true because they do. Calling someone the Walmart version of something. And it's always from some easily mocked journalist. I mean, hands to sky, guys. I'm trying to resist, you know, my, my me and her nature. Hands to sky. But they think that only hayseeds and the poor shop at Walmart. The only thing that's trying too hard here is Katie Becker's jealous dollar store wannabe burn book aesthetic. I also found a picture of her in a leather jacket in spring. Late spring, early summer, and she's wearing uh, slingback heels, a poorly fitted mini, and a wrinkly, disheveled looking top. And I think she's like trying to go for like D- Gen X disheveled, but the leather jacket looks brand new, therefore very stiff, and try too hard. Just saying. I'm trying, Kane. I'm really trying here. 
trying to be the shepherd. We need a fashion segment. You don't want a fashion segment from me. I don't know. Because I kind of do. Joan Rivers was my idol. And I just don't think that I don't everybody, all of our affiliates around the country will have a stroke. Then I definitely will want it. Yeah. So they they go off. This is what gets me. I'm not going to get into this because I think if if it wasn't Casey DeSantis, it would be anybody. Uh, But this piece, I mean, they said uh, they said that she's trying to be Camelot. I had a a listener that made the, the, the point of, oh, you mean like the. The drug snorting, you know, hooker banging, affair having Camelot, that kind of Camelot. Just wondering. I say the DeSantis's will never be Camelot, but that's supposed to be a put down. Can I just get really petty here for a moment? They write the DeSantis, but it's the it's a it's the plural uh, possessive when it just should be plural. So I don't understand why they needed the apostrophe there to denote possessive unless they're saying that the DeSantis's own a will never be Camelot. You're the executive editor of the Daily Beast and you miss something as stupid as that? Like, your grammar is that bad and your copy editing is so subpar that you miss, like, a very glaring typo like that? If you're going to sit here and walk the talk like you're, you know, King X of Blank Mountain uh, when it comes to corporate press and being able to write up, you know, a piece like this about women in politics, then maybe you should make sure that you are fireproof before you do this. This is insane. They can't stand you. And I'm going to tell you something else about Walmart, too. And we'll talk more about this. You know, a lot of people don't have choices. My family comes from a very tiny town in southern Missouri where there are 300 people. And the nearest retail store is literally just a singular Walmart that's 30 minutes away. A lot of people don't have choices. And some of the super Walmarts, man, you can go get your tire changed. You can get some eyeglasses. You can get a gallon of milk, some diapers, and a 10-foot lawn Santa. So who in the hell are you to sit here and pass judgment on where people who probably are worth more in their contribution to society than you are, Katie Baker? How dare you look down your nose at these people? Especially when you can't even wear a leather jacket properly yourself. We have a lot more to hit. We got a headlines coming up. I'm so not even done about this. We also have uh, energy, uh, economy. We got a lot. So just, just hang tight. You've heard me talk about my friends at Keltec for years, and it's because I really believe in them as a company and as innovators. Their firearms in design and function go above and beyond, like with the Keltec P50, a revolutionary award-winning pistol that packs a punch in a compact package. The Keltec P50 is perfect for home defense, for range shooting, or just even having some fun. And with its top-mounted Picatinny rail, you can easily attach your favorite optics or accessories to make it truly yours. Whether you are a seasoned shooter or you're just starting out, the Keltec P50 is the perfect pistol for anyone looking for power and precision in a compact and easy-to-use package. Their firearms in design and function go above and beyond. Learn more about the P50 pistol at keltecweapons.com. That's K-E-L-T-E-C weapons.com. Secure your world with Keltec. Keltecweapons.com. Tell them Dana sent you. It turns out elections have consequences. Is the debt ceiling actually a farce? What sacrifices did each side give up in their agreement? What did Republicans actually agree upon with their slim majority? Are they making America great again or making America solvent again? Check out the Watchdog on Wall Street podcast on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five. So there was a big loud boom, a sonic boom yesterday near D.C. and Virginia. Officials reported that it was the result. Steve said he heard it of a plane crash that prompted a regional alert. Virginia State Police said that responders, that first responders located the crash site. So apparently this plane was going uh, to a certain location. It turned around. Uh, they Apparently there was like a cabin pressure. It, the air, the uh, aircraft, the inside, the cabin depressurized. It was a private plane. Uh, in fact, it was, uh, it's owned by a, a couple who are major donors to 2A causes and uh, Republican campaigns. And according to the FAA, uh, it w- it's owned by a Florida-based company. Uh, the Rumpel family owns it. The New York Times reported that uh, the family aboard, the daughter, two-year-old daughter, the nanny and the pilot, they were returning home to East Hampton after a four-day visit to North Carolina. And that's when apparently... I guess it just it started descending to crash in the wilderness, uh, but it did alert uh, response from uh, our aircraft and our military because they didn't know what was going on just yet. So that was what that sonic boom was. Uh, they said the crash was not related to the uh, pursuit, but that was just it's just a very, very sad story. And our prayers are with the Rumpel family because it's a lot to deal with right now. Uh, also. And this is a headline that I never knew that we needed. Uh, former WWE star takes a DNA test to prove he's not Lauren Boebert's dad. Stan Lane. He's taken not one but two tests now to prove that he is not her dad. Uh, apparently, this is what her mom has said. They both agreed to last month to take a new DNA test, which showed that he is not her father, despite her mother insisting otherwise. And Boebert told... Uh, the press that she can confirm that he's not her dad. I can't even believe that this is a headline out of all the things that we have today. Uh, And apparently Prince Harry, he was supposed to go to court. I know that rejected uh, spare ginger. He was supposed to go to court in the UK for some case against the Daily Mirror, but he didn't show up. He was a witness, but he didn't show up because he had to celebrate his toddler's birthday party. I mean, I've never seen birthday parties for toddlers, for kids who won't remember them used and weaponized as much as that couple does. It's crazy. Also, Marvel, they said that Bounty Comics reported that Marvel Comics, one of the writers, is admitting comic book sales are struggling and predicts the Scarlet Witch series might get canceled at 10 issues. And that's because everybody's trying to make everything woke, meaning cultural Marxism. We're going to, we'll talk more about that. We got energy. We have a lot of stuff with 24 DC more. Stick with us. When you see judicial rot running rampant and American companies embracing insanity and wokery, you got to fight back, starting with the way that we spend our money. So for years, big mobile companies have dumped millions into leftist causes. And you know we just kind of took it because another option didn't exist. Well, now one does. Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. And they offer dependable nationwide coverage on all three major networks. So you get the best 
best possible service in your area without the woke propaganda. And when you switch to Patriot Mobile, you support free speech and religious freedom, the sanctity of life, Second Amendment, and our military veterans and first responders. Their 100% U.S.-based customer service team makes switching easy. Visit PatriotMobile.com Dana or call them at 878-PATRIOT and get free activation today with offer code Dana. Ask about their coverage guarantee as well. PatriotMobile.com Dana or call 878-PATRIOT. PatriotMobile.com Dana or call 878-PATRIOT. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. YouTube, Facebook, or DirecTV. If you're looking for the number one afternoon host in the country, you found her. Download the podcast every day to catch up. The Dana Show. So here you have DeSantis, who accepted 50,000 in political contributions from Disney. He went and put their executives and their lobbyists on prominent boards throughout Florida. And he went and basically gave the highest corporate subsidies in Florida history to Disney. But because they went and criticized him, now he's going to spend taxpayer dollars on a lawsuit. It's just like all this vendetta stuff. We've been down that road again. We can't go down that. That's a really weird characterization. And uh, I didn't even know that Nikki Haley did a town hall with CNN. When the hell was it? I don't even know. Yeah, nobody did either. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you, your lovable curmudgeon. First off, I think that's a really, I mean, she's, she's lying about how that whole thing came out. And I think it's really disingenuous of a candidate to toe the line of media talking points to try to get a jab in at a primary candidate. They didn't criticize him. They didn't criticize him. That's not what it was. Disney decided to use the money that they had earned from the little tax exception and everything else exception haven that had been set up for them by previous lawmakers to get involved and put their finger on the scale of all these different elections all around the state against parents. They were literally using the special accommodation that they had received from lawmakers and weaponizing it against parents over their children. And so it was from that that lawmakers, including the governor of Florida, decided to take away that special exemption. And so now they're trying to rewrite history. And by they, I include Haley in this and say that it was because they criticized him. I mean, that's just the dumbest characterization that I've ever heard in this entire thing. I mean, that's that's goofy. And also, she's she's mad because they gave him money. And then what? So it's like, well, if you're bought and sold, you're supposed to stay bought and sold. I mean, is that like the accusation that she's giving here? It doesn't make sense. This just blew up in her face. To say something like this makes her seem unsure of herself and it makes her seem like she scans me Miranda before she gets like a talking point. And can I just say that that was a weird format. You have two chairs there. 
She could have treated it like a conversation and Jake Tapper could have maybe controlled the stage a little bit better. Why weren't they sitting down like two normal people? She gets up and wanders around the stage and then he has to get up too. And it just looks weird. It just was weird and it looks confrontational and it it just makes her, I don't know if she thinks that she's trying to be more to the people by walking around and talking to them. But when you're in this like this kind of format like that and you have two comfortable chairs there on the stage, it makes everyone else feel better if you just sit your ass down and just talk to people and act like you're all sitting there and chatting. Doesn't it? Am I overanalyzing this? I don't like it when anyone does it. I thought it was weird when Trump and Clinton did it until the memes came out and then I thought it was hysterical. But it's true. I mean, that's, she doesn't, nobody knows anything that she, nobody knows anything about her agenda. Nobody knows anything that she runs on. They don't know what she's done when she was governor, however many years ago, because she doesn't talk about it. She spends the majority of her time trying to take other people down, which makes me think that she's a stalking horse for Trump. Like she'll try to get like one barely veiled, you know, barely kind of criticism of Trump in there. Um, She doesn't talk about anybody else. She's, you know, laser focused on DeSantis. And I just think that let's all not pretend that this is just organic because it's not. She's vying for a VP seat. That's what she wants to do. I mean, you know, I mean, that's that's what it is. And so I just that was just a really disingenuous way for her to put it. And then you have this audio sound by 10. This is where she tries to kind of I think she's trying to shake off the accusations that she's going for VP. But I don't know. Listen to this. I mean, Kim Jong-un is a thug. And if you see what he has done to his own people in North Korea, when money went to North Korea, it didn't go to feed their people. It went to feed their nuclear program. There's nothing good or decent about Kim Jong-un. There's no reason we should ever congratulate the fact that they are now vice chair of the World Health Organization. And it goes to the fact that also the World Health Organization is a farce to start with. We saw that during COVID. Where the hell is this going? Like, where is this? Like this congratulating of Kim Jong Un, and you didn't like how he dealt with him. When I don't was... think we ever should congratulate dictators. Congratulate our friends. Don't congratulate okay, what our do we do? enemies. Yeah, that's a it point. Emboldened... Sit down. It's weird. It's I don't like this setup. They wandered around. The... I would have had to turn it off just from that. It's weird. Oh, did you see how close the audience is? I mean, they're basically towering over the audience. That are all sitting there on the set. They're sitting there on the shiny set floor with them. It's weird. I don't know. That was barely kind of a criticism. Yeah, yeah, because he apparently did on Truth Social, I think. That's one of the, yeah, that's one of the things that he had. He had some crazy stuff on Truth Social over the week. I don't know what has happened. Please, someone, get him better advisors. Get him better advisors. Now, Kane thinks that it was by design to make her aesthetic look odd. I disagree with you. All no. she had to do was sit down, dude. You think CNN doesn't have the capability of making something look more pleasing on TV? Give me a break. They, could, they provided two chairs. It would have been perfect and fine if she had just sat saying. down. Just that little adjustment would have been great. And you think CNN wouldn't have been able to do that? Come I on. think they realized how weird it was. And Come especially on. when she waves her hands around like that. She like, what are those inflatable dudes that they put in front of car washes and they just wave their arms back and forth? She looks like that. Sit down. Just stop. Just sit down. It's weird. I don't like it. But I didn't even know she had a town hall over the weekend. I had no clue. I had no clue. Everybody else is like looking at gas prices. They're not paying attention to that. Now, one other thing that I, I, a couple of other things, actually, not one, but a couple. Jack Dorsey has endorsed Robert F. Kennedy. Robert F. Kennedy, it, I know he's dealing with like a voice box issue, but dude, I want to get him a lozenge. 
Also, he's a big, big time anti-gun guy. Hardcore, big time anti-gun guy. So people can celebrate him as being a moderate and all this other stuff. But he's a big anti-gun guy. So don't get all excited. Okay. Because he will turn around and cut you. He's don't get all excited over him. I love how all these conservative entities are giving him so much attention. Like they think that's going to they're battling for moderates is what they're doing. They're trying to siphon off any moderate support from Biden and take it over to Kennedy. Like maybe those people who would never vote Republican and they're moderates, but they just can't. They're trying to siphon moderates away. I don't know. I just have you seen his anti-gun tweets? There's a ton of them out there. I mean, he's hardcore against he's for the assault weapons ban. He doesn't think people should own guns, period. He's pretty hardcore about it. But uh, Jack Dorsey was somehow I bet they bribed him with yogurt bites out of his yurt. His hand crafted yurt. He probably went and collected all of the material from all the palm trees on his little island and then wove it together in a, in a nice organic thatch work and then tied it off with hemp. And then made his yurt. And then probably wove his hemp mats in his yurt. I bet he did. You know what? He probably took like a broken shell and, and maybe molded it and chiseled it into a comb for his beard. Bet he did. Anyway, they got him out of his yurt to talk to, to go out and endorse RFK. They did that. So, yeah, they, Kane says they promised him a wool poncho. Here's the new wool poncho. It's hand woven by the feet of... The most organic hippies ever. They haven't bathed in a year. I don't know. Maybe. I'm just assuming. Just maybe. The only time he pops up, he pops up in a cloud of pot smoke. Wherever you are, he just, it, he just like, just pops up. And then he disappears. Like a weird hippie genie. Anyway, he came out and endorsed RFK. Just in case that, you, you know, you were, your day was hinged on that. Got that done. Uh, then, we, uh, man. The Walmart thing, I want to just circle back to this real quick because there was a great point that a listener made. We were talking about the Daily Beast piece on Casey DeSantis calling her the Walmart Melania. Does this mean they like Melania? No, they don't like her now. They still hate her. They will hate her forever. They'll hate her until they think Trump isn't a threat anymore and then they'll, they'll come back around and like her again. That's what they do to all of them. Like they hate all the Republicans until the Republicans aren't a threat anymore. Then they like them. Like they started rehabilitating W for crying out loud. I mean, they hated that dude. But I made this point on social media in talking about Walmart. I was like, you know, you, for people who've never left the suburbs, you know, a lot of towns, Walmart was like the, the retail store. And like I was saying earlier, the place where my family comes from, 300 people in that town, actually 301, literally it's on the census sign. How do I know that? Because my late uncle stole it. And when he went up to the, he goes, he went travel all over the world and he went to, he literally went to the North Pole and there's a thing where you put your city sign up there. I didn't know that. And he did that. Yeah, they got mad at him and I think they tried to send him a bill for the sign. He just ignored it. Anyway, so Walmart's like the biggest retailer for, for the, my family. So the Missouri in like 30 minutes, not everybody has, you know, the choices that people in the burbs do. And there was a really great point that was made by this listener. Let me pull this up. Because they, it, it, I think a lot, of, because people were saying, oh, well, Walmart also donates to, you know, Wokery and all this other stuff. Yes, I think almost everybody does with ESG. Someone else said, well, if I had to pick between Walmart and Target, which sells tuck-friendly swimsuits and advertises that to kids, I think I know which one I'm going to pick. I had uh, one listener said, I dislike using you know, stores like Amazon, but middle and lower class folks can't afford to stand on principle by spending more to avoid monopolistic corporations. And I think that's a good point that 
people should keep in mind. The media, I don't expect to keep in mind because they think that, you know, everyone who shops at, you know, the Aldi's or the Walmart's or the dollar stores or all this stuff, they really look down on these people. And they they judge them for not being able to or not living by any other alternatives. And I just feel like that's so out of touch, especially if you're the executive editor of a, a press entity. That's just incredibly out of touch. I mean, they've brought jobs, love them or hate them. They brought jobs to a lot of areas. And ESG has made it to where every, I mean, almost everything is woke. And so that's why I'm saying I, the fight has to be more nuanced. And we started diving into that last week. It has to be a little bit more nuanced than boycott all the things. Because one of the things that the left is trying to do is to get conservatives to turn on what they have previously viewed as mascots of their movement. And you want to be careful with that. They want to kill the icon, kill the idea. And then it makes it easier to go after the actual movement. And that's what, what they're trying to do. But I thought there was a great point that that listener made. Yeah, people are upset over freedom of choice. And some, I mean, some people, they want to go to Walmart. Like I said, you know, I was saying it jokingly, but, you know, the super Walmarts, it's the only place you can get like what? Your tire change, get your eyeglasses, go and take a family photo in front of a beautiful summer vignette at the foot, uh, whatever portrait studio that is there. Go and get you a 10 foot tall lawn Santa. Get you some ammo, mm, get you a gallon of milk. What else do you need? Because they got you covered, right? I mean, a lot. there's a reason why a lot of people go there. And a lot of people don't have other choices. They don't, they can't, they can't, there's no other place that they can go. And a lot of people can't afford to spend more to avoid that or avoid, you know, because like I said, almost everything now is engaged in some sort of level of wokery. And to leave the field is to let them win. You have to encourage with, you know, incentives and incentives by way of giving business you know, either resistance to it, uh, refusal to adopt ESG and all that stuff all the way, or to encourage companies to leave it all together. But you can't leave the field because then you're seeding, you're seeding the battle. You're giving up. That's a surrender. You can't, you can't walk away. And so I think people need to keep that in mind. We, I expect the press, I expect the press to do this, but do not be swindled. Do not be, do not do these people's dirty work for them. They want you to turn on the mascot of what has always been viewed as part of the conservative movement, whether it's like the Chick-fil-A's and the Walmarts. And I think it's, it becomes a point when you have to measure which one is worse and then let's encourage them to walk this back. I think that's a better approach than to just leave everything entirely. So that's because it's, you know, it's going to get this is the cultural battle and you have to ask yourself whether or not you're ready to actually engage it. And, and whether you want to or not, that's not the question. Because you're in this country, you're on this plane, you exist, you're in it. Regardless of whether or not you want to be, you're in it. So you got to figure out, are you going to be a force multiplier for good or not? That's the way to look at it. But man, the press when they do this stuff. Is it out of bounds? I mean, because literally it could be mean. I'm trying hard. I just think if you're going to go at someone, be fireproof. You know what I'm saying? Just be fireproof. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. 
No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Catch The Dana Show noon to 3 p.m. Eastern on DirecTV channel 347. Like sands through the hourglass, so are the days of the United States. The New York Times published an article called The Complicated Reality of Being America's Oldest President, which included Biden's recent fall at the Air Force Academy's graduation. I guess my question, if he's doing his job, if he's getting stuff done, what's the problem? Yeah, people fall down. I believe he tripped. But, you know, I'm, I'm just... Didn't he reply something like I, I was sandbagged? Yeah, he was sandbagged. But what is what is this obsession? People are just I mean, I've known old people all my life. And I've never seen this kind of obsession with, you know, people being old and what the well, what the it's hell? It's because what he's president of the United there? States. Why does that have to be explained? He's president of the United States of America. It's way different than just being old, you know? like way different it's it's not that he's it's not that he's just oh, this is an old man he's president of the united states of america so this means that he's going to be under scrutiny a lot more scrutiny i why do we have to explain do, do we do they really not understand this yes i know a lot of old people too kane i bet you know a lot of old people I do. we all know a lot of old people how many presidents do you know no don't know any see that's what's different it's there's being old and falling down a lot and then there's being old and falling down a lot and you're president of the united states that's what everybody's getting to that's the whole point we have uh let me tell you what's coming up in our next second hour we're going to get into some energy we're also going to talk about some second amendment stuff because there's been some there's been some things about uh, pist- the pistol brace ban etc and apparently uh, one congressman was saying that there were threats that, you know, deals would be, things were going to be excluded, things would be included. Chip Roy was, had been talking about this. And apparently he was told that he kind of had to support this bill or that, the, I guess, what action was going to be taken on this issue, which kind of is sort of par for the course for D.C., I mean, we normally don't get to see exactly how the sausage is made, but there's all kinds of stuff that happens. But I'm, I'm interested in this because this has to do with the pistol brace thing. We're going to talk about that coming up. Also, we'll be speaking with my friend, our good friend Stephen Yates. I don't know if you saw over the weekend. It was a pretty wild moment. A Chinese warship cut off a U.S. destroyer in the Taiwan Strait, missed it by only 150 yards And this is as the United States and Canada were conducting drills and Beijing accused them of deliberately provoking risk. We're going to talk to Yates about that. We're also going to get in, like I said, some of the energy in the ESG uh, car prices and how how this factors into EVs, etc. We're going to talk about all of this, how far your dollar is stretching, how far it isn't stretching, immigration 
and uh, a lot more. We got Florida Man and all the other hits coming up, so you don't want to miss. And uh, you can also, don't forget, you can join the YouTube discussion and uh, check it out on Facebook as well. Back it momentarily. Don't go anywhere. We also have more in 2024 coming up. Sununu says he's not running. I guess he read the, read the tea leaves. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family vdw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus you were a Republican most of your life, uh, but voted for, and you may still consider yourself one, but voted for Biden in 2020. Do you intend to vote for him again, or is there anyone on the Republican side you might consider if it's not Trump? It has to be Joe Biden, and, and I'm glad he's willing to serve. It has to be somebody committed oh, to the rule of law, committed to the values of this country. And I, I'm not talking about policy. People can disagree about policy. There are things above those disagreements that all of us should think about the same way. The president must be someone who abides the law in our Constitution. And there's no one else but Joe Biden. I just, I, I have to question that, considering that it was, you know, Joe Biden and the Democrat Party that were in trouble, got in trouble for passing off oppo as some sort of evidence to get a wiretap. That's James Comey, former head of the FBI, saying this to the former spokesperson for the Biden administration. What a weird interview. I mean, literally the former head of the Biden or or of the FBI talking to Biden's press person. Who's now with what, MSNBC? That's just weird. It's just the incestuous nature of political reporting and operatives. Welcome back to the program. Your bemused curmudgeon, Dana Lash here with you. You can listen coast to coast. You can stream the program. You can watch the simulcast of the program, YouTube, Facebook, channel 347, direct TV. Yeah, I, I mean, we all, remember, we all remember Jen Psaki. She was the press person for the Biden administration. She would go out and field questions, and now you have... James Comey, the former head of the FBI, just sitting down, just doing a little interview with her. No bigs. No big. Just it's it's to me, it's it's it, that's ugh. how can you take that seriously? You have you that you both you know, there are their political affiliations of both. Even if I were there are sometimes that I just don't even want to watch certain Q's and A's from people if I know that they worked in the same administration together because you it's never you never know what, it's going to be a boring interview. It's going to be boring. And for him to say, and she didn't challenge him on that. She didn't challenge him one. Well, you know, it's uh, because he's the right person. He follows all the laws, he said. You know, he abides by the law. He abides, abides by the Constitution, Kane. You know, the laws 
of the land, he abides by them. Wow. Like Foreign Agents Registration Act, purchasing fire. I mean, where, where do we go? Reporting income made from foreign entities? Were those uh, classified docs cozy it up to the Corvette? Yeah, exactly. While Hunter McCrackhead was in there with whatever hooker he had for the weekend? I don't know. I just, I can't believe, I, they, they say that just with a straight face because they know there's no accountability. They feel completely free in just rewriting history and saying these things. What an existence. Can you just imagine one moment living in existence where there was no accountability? What is that like? I mean, there's no accountability. What? I, I mean, good. Remember how they got mad for Trump saying that he could shoot somebody in the middle of Fifth Avenue and people would still love him? Yep. Just, you know. Just want to look at some of this stuff here. He should have said, I could Vince Foster someone in the middle of Fifth Avenue. That's my one complaint. That's the one where he made me mad, where I was like, why did you just say Vince Foster? I could have Vince Fostered somebody. What are they going to do? They can't get mad at you. What are they going to do? That should have been what he said. Everybody got mad at him because he said that. If he would have said it the way I wanted him to say it, like that, can you imagine? They would have gotten so mad, I think they probably would explode. Like their heads would have popped like zits. It would have, they, they would have lost it because they can't see anything without indicting their, oh my gosh, how do you handle that if you're the press? This wasn't all of it. Listen to what he, now remember, keep in mind, I think that the media wants, they want, I think that the press wants Trump because they believe that he is most competitive against Biden. And this is again where I think one of those, I'm not going to sit here and tell you who to like and who to not like. I am going to call people out on deficiencies no matter who they are, no matter if I like them. I've told you who I like, but if people still have deficiencies and I like them, I'm going to say so because I hate everything. So I feel like I don't have anything to lose and I can tell you this. My job is is based on my relationship with you. It's not based on favors and relationships with people in D.C. So I feel like I can kind of say, you know, you guys like it. You got you, that's what that's why you guys come and hang out with me all afternoon because we all hate everybody equally. Uh, but I wanted to bring this up because I thought this was weird. Just the irony in this statement. I we're going to see how long I can stay silent through audio soundbite 23. There's 28 seconds of it. Let's just see how long I can shut up. Well, think about what four years of a retribution presidency might look like. Oh, gosh. OK, I'm not. Can we pause order. real quick? Sorry. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Is he talking about is he talking about. Biden or the potential re-election of someone like, you know, if, if Trump were to win the nomination. It did sound confusing, but he's talking about Trump. Because it seems, it also seems like the, his entire four years was based on retribution for winning the four years, right? right. Okay, go ahead. Let's see if I can get further. Go ahead. It might look like he could order the investigation and prosecution of individuals who okay, can I just, as sorry, enemies. One, sure. Is this like or not unlike the Marussia McCollusion? Is it the same? It's exactly the same. Okay, okay. And again, this is James Comey talking to Jen Psaki on MSNBC. Let's, it's only 28 seconds, but I knew this was going to be a tough one. Go ahead. Sorry. So sorry. Enemies. I'm sure I'm on the enemies list. Because the president constitutionally does oversee the executive branch entirely, which mm-hmm. includes the Department of Justice, Let's prosecutors and investigators. And so he could commission direct oh. that individuals be pursued. And you know why Comey knows this? You know why he thinks this? Because that's what was done when he was in the FBI. Right. He thinks that this can be done because it's already been done. It was done when he was in the FBI. So that's why he thinks this. Huh. Amaze, isn't it? Amaze. 
We did it though. We got through the at least the last seven seven seconds. That was it was a little tough. Golly, the irony. I just we we already we already lived through that. See, and if I were the person sitting across from him, I would have interjected and said that. Didn't we already live through that? But she just sits there and smiles, doesn't push back. Don't you wouldn't you want to push back just for your own just to just for your own curiosity? I understand that there's there's differences between journalists who'd handle news and commentators, which some of the people on the right don't even seem to understand. I mean, you have people who are in journalism and who do hard news, people like Julio Rosas, and then you have people like me, I'm a commentator. I'll do whatever the hell I want, right? I'm just, I think it's interesting when there are people, particularly in the conservative side of discussion, who don't understand the difference between the two. But, you know, after you're in it long enough, then you kind of start understanding that. But this here... She could have easily pushed back on him. She could have probably had like a viral interview. But you know what she would have lost? The support of her progressive mob. And for them, they would rather be liked by their own side than to push back. They don't want to ask the tough questions because then they lose inclusion in their own side's hive mind. And that's something that they can't abide. That's how the left keeps everybody in line. They, it's excommunicado. If you go, if you ask the, the wrong question, if you press too hard, it's excommunicado. You no longer can enjoy the privileges of the uh, high table, as it were. It's like John Wick, excommunicado. Now, a couple of other things I want to hit on here. This, uh, we've been getting into some 2024. This is a soundbite. I thought this was interesting. Because I was looking at this bill. It's House Bill 269. It's in Florida. Vivek Ramaswamy, who's been on the show before. And one day I hope he purchases a firearm. I know he supports the Second Amendment. He doesn't own any guns. He really did not like what he called a hate speech bill. He tweeted out that Florida's governor signed this hate speech bill. No, if he had signed a hate speech bill, I would have criticized it. That's not what this bill was. So I actually went and read the damn bill because I thought, well, if I'm going to talk about it, maybe I should read it, right? So I want to hear what Ramaswamy says. And then because I read the bill and I have it and I'm going to quote it for you, then, then we'll look at said bill. So let's listen to this. This is audio sound by 22. Yes, thank you. Becky, the only thing I will tell you is this is not unique to this moment. We have been having this debate in this country since 1776, since 1789. This is the fundamental American debate. It is the bargain of free speech in our country. All right. Free speech is not intended for the speech we love. It is intended for the okay. speech that we do Biology, not love. Not Without it, it's not a free speech country. You can have your opinions, but saying that things are facts are dangerous. So here's, here's my view on this. If you're going to take down false speech, the company bears the burden of proof to demonstrate that it was actually false. Okay, so here's the problem with what he's mad about this bill uh, that the Florida legislature signed. And this is the soundbite. This was, I guess, what, over the weekend. And he went out and he had this big tweet. He said it's an unbelievable move by Twitter to shield DeSantis from legitimate criticism of his policies. And he got mad because there was a community note placed on an t- earlier tweet he shared where he said that Florida passed a hate speech bill that DeSantis had signed. And he went on, I mean, he had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and then he went after a bunch of conservatives, or a couple of conservatives in his tweet, and he said that, um, 
this that it that, that it it's basically it's a hate speech law is what he said. Now, if you're wondering what bill this is, and again, I was discussing how it's House Bill 269. And here's what it's an actual it's actually a public nuisance bill. It has nothing to do with public property. It prohibits people from basically vandalizing and and, and they were apparently having a problem with this. Uh, you can't go and like if you're CNN, remember how CNN rolled up and was like harassing the older woman who created a Trump Facebook group, right? Okay, so they can't do that under the spell. Um, you can't distribute onto private property intimidating or threatening materials. And you cannot intimidate people. You can't, basically it's a private property nuisance bill. I'm, and I'm wondering why he didn't read this. That's why there was a community note that was placed on it. And so he got mad at the community note that was placed on it. And it's written, it's voted by, I guess, like Twitter people. And he got, and blamed Elon Musk for it. Well, who, who doesn't blame Elon Musk, apparently, for something this day? The actual sentence, prohibiting a person from distributing onto private property material for the purpose of intimidating or threatening, and it gets into the owner, etc. I don't understand how that's, if it's, Kane, can I just go to your house and try to force material onto you? How dare you be against my free speech? What? It's your private property. What is, I don't understand what Ramaswamy doesn't understand here. This is an issue. It's a private property issue. Why is he trying to throw a fit and make this about speech? Again, if you want to have legitimate criticisms of a politician, by all means, I will entertain that all day. But to make up something or to try to misconstrue it with the hopes that your conservative audience won't read it, well, that's what the left does. And I thought we were better than that. Well, at least some of us are. We have more on the way. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five. So, James Comer, Comer just came out and said that the FBI, because we knew that they had been given a deadline, like 24 hours to turn over information, uh, in this ongoing investigation, the FBI, et cetera, et cetera, the Biden stuff. Uh, Comer says that the FBI again refused to hand over the unclassified records to the custody of the House Oversight Committee. So they're now going to initiate contempt of Congress hearings this Thursday. So that's going to be interesting to watch. We're going to keep an eye on that and bring you any developments. That is very well. We, They had they I think it was like 24 hours since Thursday and they still didn't hand anything over. This is a very sad story. Uh, Lorraine saw this over in New York Post. Navy SEAL training commander spoke out after a scathing report 
on a candidate's death because we know that, you know, when you go through Hell Week, through Buds, it's tough stuff. And Seaman Kyle Mullen, 24 years old, had pushed himself through this intense period. Apparently, he got, what is it, uh, pulmonary edema where his lungs his, his lungs fill up with water and he had pneumonia and all of this other stuff. And he apparently uh, had refused medical attention. I'm just looking at what's been pub- publicly reported. And uh, understandably, the parents are incredibly upset and the mom blames the uh, captain, Brad Geary, in this. And they, uh, she's been speaking out quite a bit. I mean, it looks, it's just such an incredibly sad story. And it also goes to show you how incredibly tough that is because they go repeatedly in cold water. They get to sleep, what, four hours a day. They get, I mean, it's rough stuff. You plunge in the Pacific. I mean, it's, it's rough stuff. It's a horrible story. Uh, And our prayers are with that family. This, uh, the National Black Farmers Association, they said that the United States has paid Chinese food producers more and we're giving China the resources to buy our farms. I thought this was interesting considering a lot of the uh, controversy that the program involving this group has been under in the past like 12, 15 years. But the National Black Farmers Association, they were saying, look, you know, you got to open the books and, and the U.S. government, they've given something like almost $500 million. It's a half a billion dollars in grants and contracts to Chinese entities and another $870 million to Russian entities. That's just since 2017. They gave $1.6 million to Chinese food producers. And they said that obviously China has been buying up a lot of land, a lot of farms. We're giving them these resources. And that's coming from the National Black Farmers Association. So they're calling out the shadiness of some of the programs within the United States, too, regarding agriculture. This is very interesting. I wonder, I mean, if you want to have a hearing on something, have a hearing on this. And additionally, could chocolate save the planet? That's one question that's being asked in a new study. Uh, there's a uh, German study that came out, and they were looking at whether or not chocolate could save and reverse the carbon death cycle, whatever that is. Coming up, we got uh, Representative Clyde. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Whether you just want to stay informed or just hear her vent about all the ridiculousness in the world, make sure to download the Dana Show podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the program. Your lovable curmudgeon, Dana Lash here. You can listen coast to coast. You can stream the program. You can watch the simulcast of the program on Facebook, YouTube, and Channel 347 Direct TV. So one of the things that was lost in the back and forth of this debt ceiling argument, I don't want to say negotiation because it sounds less and less like it was a negotiation, is this, uh, this story that I read over at Daily Caller regarding an element of the 
argument regarding the debt ceiling involving your natural rights, specifically your Second Amendment natural rights. Now, I understand that from time to time, lawmakers may employ certain you give me this, I'll give you that as a, you know, as a, a tactic to try to whip votes. I understand that. But not when it includes natural rights. Because that's never a bargaining chip. Your natural rights are not a bargaining chip. Your right to free speech is not a bargaining chip. Your right to peacefully assemble is not a bargaining chip. Your right to worship how you see fit is not a bargaining chip. And your Second Amendment rights, well, they're no different. They are also not bargaining chips. But apparently that is not what was happening behind closed doors, according to Georgia's Representative Andrew Clyde, who joins us via Skype himself. We thank you for your service, sir. Uh, He comes from the beautiful state of Georgia. And I was following this Daily Caller piece. So correct me if I'm wrong on the summation of this. House leadership was telling you that they were going to nix a bill you were pushing that was going to uh, it was focusing on the ATF's pistol brace ruling. Uh, well, their second ruling on ATF's pistol braces. And they were saying that they were going to kill that if you didn't support the debt ceiling. Is that correct? Well, thank you, Dana. I appreciate uh, being a guest on your show. Uh, that's uh, basically the call I got on um, Wednesday about noon. Uh, um, was called by House leadership and said, um, hey, if you vote for the vote against the rule, excuse me, if you vote against the rule on this bill, then it's going to be very difficult to bring the pistol brace legislation to the House floor. Now, mind you, the day before I had been promised, um, as we've been working on this pistol brace piece of legislation for a very long time. I mean, we introduced it in March. We've got over 190 co-sponsors on it. Um, You know, we started crafting it in February after the rule came out from ATF. Uh, but I was called and told that it'd be very difficult to bring this this uh, piece of legislation, the, um, the the resolution of disapproval that takes down the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco and Firearms pistol brace rule. Uh, it would be difficult to bring it to the floor if I voted against the rule on this debt ceiling bill. And I was very, very surprised at that because, as I said, the, the day before, I'd been promised that it would come to the floor um, on this, this coming week, this very week, that we had the votes to do it and that uh, it was coming to the floor. We were excited about it. I even conveyed to leadership that uh, I've been working on a bipartisan aspect of the bill. Uh, we could have uh, one, two, th- maybe three Democrats, maybe more vote with us on it. So it would be a, end up being a bipartisan bill. I was really excited about that. And I'm, joint to, I'm leading it jointly with Richard Hudson. Uh, who is the NRCC chair, another great gun guy. Before I came to Congress, as this pistol brace uh, rule kind of um, popped its head every now and again uh, with the ATF, you know, he was engaged there before I even came to Congress. So um, we are leading it jointly, uh, this bill, and um, I was very disappointed. Wow. That, uh, Unbelievable. So the way that I understand it, we're talking to Congressman Clyde. Uh, for those who don't know the pistol brace rule, or we've talked to people about it on the show, but in case they're just tuning in, it was, you know, a creation by uh, an individual who was, it was actually created to help disabled veterans initially. The ATF had given it the green light. The guy who invented it went through all of the proper protocol and they said it was okay. Even after there was a secondary issue raised with the ATF, they came back again, said it was totally fine. Then all of a sudden a complete 180 and they gave everyone X amount of time to basically turn it in or destroy it before they became felons, which that 
that deadline has now passed. And so there's millions of felons apparently now in the United States of America. And this bill was set to undo this and push back against this in this insanity from the ATF, which was trying to bypass members of Congress like Congressman Clyde. So the way that I understand it, you had the votes, you had the support. This would have moved in the House. So where's the difficulty? Did they actually explain to you why this would be difficult for this to come to a vote? Uh, Dana, this is a pressure tactic. Unfortunately, it's a typical pressure tactic here in Washington, D.C. I want nothing to do with with our natural rights, with our natural rights, with our Second Amendment rights. That's exactly correct. Uh, You know, my name is on that bill. I'm the primary, you know, I'm leading that bill. I've fought for this bill uh, because it is so very important to defend our Second Amendment rights, our constitutional rights. As a federal firearms licensee myself, one who's been uh, one for over 30 years now, a combat veteran, uh, this particular pistol brace was built and initially designed for service disabled veterans, you know, for those uh, uh, Americans with disabilities. Uh, to help stabilize larger caliber pistols, those who maybe have weaker hands uh, that need some additional support uh, so they can go to the range and enjoy their pastime maybe that they used to be able to enjoy and now can't. So this is a direct, what the ATF has done is a direct violation of our Second Amendment rights. Congress is empowered with the, the responsibility to protect our constitutional rights we are the legislative body. The ATF is not. Mm. And what they're doing here is they are redefining a definition in order to, to take the authority of Congress away from Congress and create law in the executive branch. And, the, and this is a clear violation of the Constitution. And why it's so important uh, to pass this in the House and the Senate both is to send, you know, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of lawsuits that are going on right now. But we need to send the court a very strong message that Congress is on the side of the Second Amendment and on the side of millions of Americans who own these pistol braces. These are not redefined as short-barreled rifles as the ATF wants them to be. Uh, If they were, you would have six states plus the city of DC where you couldn't even own a pistol brace because now that firearm would be classified as a short-barreled rifle if it had a pistol brace on it. So, you know, these, these people in these states are completely disenfranchised. Their Second Amendment rights are violated. They can't even register their pistol brace and they can't even own it. Uh, you know, we're talking service disabled veterans, American with disabilities, all of these people. It's just wrong. When you say we're, and we're, we're talking to uh, Georgia Congressman Andrew Clyde, when you say that that you received a phone call, who called you? Well, I'll, it was a member of leadership um, right now. Uh, and and uh, I don't really want to say who that is. Um, you knew because... I was going to try to get a name out of you. <laughs> but but, it, but well, it was or was not McCarthy? Um, I don't want to say who the name is, Dana. Um, but I do have a meeting in about an hour with leadership again to discuss the bill coming to the floor next week. Now, I'll tell you this. I've also been told that the, uh, the pathway that leadership is now considering is to have it pass in the Senate first, you, you know, this particular bill has to pass in the House and the Senate. It's also privileged in the Senate. So it doesn't have to have, doesn't have to go through the 60 vote threshold. It, it just a majority, that's it. Um, and any Senator can bring it to the floor because it is privileged. But the issue with having the Senate go first is I've spoken to a number of senators over there. The votes aren't there right now, not even in the Republican side, are they there? And they need they have to have two Democrats along with every Republican in order to pass it in the Senate. If it doesn't pass in the Senate, it's going to be make it much more difficult to pass it in the House. So we need to pass it in the House first 
because I'm confident that we will have Democrat support in the House to pass this. And if we have Democrats voting for it, there shouldn't be any reason that all the Republicans shouldn't vote for it. And that, so and that increases the pressure of it in the Senate. Absolutely. It gives the Senate more backbone. It gives them more encouragement. It, it tells the Democrats in the Senate it's okay to vote for this because you've got folks in the House, Democrats in the House that have voted for it, and it's passed the House. That is why it is critical to pass in the House first and not in the Senate. If we go the Senate route, I greatly fear that we're setting ourselves up for failure. And that means failure for the American people, not just, you know, personally, Dana, I don't care whether my name's on it or not. I told leadership, if the problem is Andrew Clyde, that that you want to penalize me, punish me for voting against the rule, then take my name off the bill. You know, so I mean, if, we, you, if we see this bill go through the Senate first, then should we interpret that as leadership punting it to failure? That's correct. That is exactly correct. If it goes to the Senate first for a vote, that, in my opinion, is leadership. That's a great way to put it, punting it to failure. And that's the call that you're going to have with leadership here in the next hour. That's correct. Goodness. There's a lot. Sounds like there should be more pressure on leadership than pressure on, you know, say the people who are trying to get this passed, because I don't see the problem with making the ATF stick to their original definition that they held on to twice before doing a total 180 after pressure from gun control groups. You're exactly right. I think there should be a lot of pressure on leadership right now. I think they need to hear from the American people. They need to hear from our veterans, our service disabled veterans, Americans with disabilities, every solitary Second Amendment loving citizen should be calling leadership right now and uh, and saying, hey, bring this to the floor on the House, you know, in the House first, because that's the greatest chance that it will pass and that will give backbone to the Senate. You know, and even even if it goes to Biden and he vetoes it, it has still sent an incredibly strong message to the court system, the United States courts, that this is what Congress believes mm. and they should then strike down this ATF rule. We're talking with with Congressman Andrew Clyde. I only have uh, two quick questions for you. I know you're busy and we appreciate your time today, Congressman. So is it accurate to say that leadership does not support your bill or is it more accurate to say, is it all of leadership or some of leadership? Are they divided? Uh, I think leadership is certainly divided on it. Um, But I will also tell you that it's uh, to leadership, in my opinion, it's more about penalizing Andrew Clyde than it is about the not supporting this bill. Interesting. So I think that is more important. Uh, you know, that they want you to bow to, to leadership as opposed to uh, supporting our constitutional rights and doing what is required by our government, and that is protecting and defending our Constitution. And I will not give an inch on that, Dana. So, and last question for you, Congressman, and we appreciate you not doing that either. Uh, is there anyone that individuals maybe out of leadership should they reach out to more than others or? Uh, I think you just need to, um, you know, start at the top and work down. Okay. Well, we will definitely do that. We appreciate you, you calling this out because people that no one had any idea that this was happening. And like I said, you know, we understand that sometimes there's a little give and take and there's a strategy, but not not with things that are as important as this. That's off the table. And, you know, ultimately, uh, I, you know, I, I really feel as though there should be some kind of consequence for using our inalienable rights as a bargaining chip. There really should be because that's that's beyond that's un-American. It's un-American to use natural rights as a bargaining chip, especially when we're talking about the debt ceiling. Congressman Andrew Clyde, we appreciate your time and we appreciate your fight in this. Thank you very much. Thanks, Dana. Great to be with you. Of course. Very good to have you. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? 
I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Where does the radical left's beliefs on sex and gender come from? Pastor Alan Jackson explains. We had a sexual revolution, and then we implement birth control, which was going to eliminate unwanted pregnancy. There would be no unwanted pregnancies. There would be no abortion. Immorality doesn't, that's not how that plays. The further we came from a biblical view of sexuality, the higher the abortion rates come. Let's put it this way. They wanted orgasms without responsibility. Subscribe to Culture and Christianity, an Alan Jackson podcast on your favorite podcast app. It's his life mission to make bad decisions. It's time for Florida Man. This is the worst bank robbery of all time. So first up, this is uh, ABC4 Action News. A woman attempted to rob a bank before taking money out of her own account. Spring Hill, Florida, Hernando County. Sheriff's office said this woman, she was going to rob a Wells Fargo, right, in Spring Hill, Florida. And they said that she made the investigation super easy. The woman, Vanessa Ortega, 31 years old, came out of the bank holding a bright blue object in her left hand. It looked like a firearm. Bright blue, yeah, you know, because that's what guns look like, bright blue guns. And they said that uh, she raised the object in the air and yelled, this is a robbery. Give me all your money. I, this sounds like somebody's watched too many movies. Detectives arrived. They said that they should, they could identify, they knew who she was because she's a regular customer at this branch. And then uh, she also paused to make sure she took money out of her own account. She told deputies she was just jo- joking about the robbery. So she was, it was a Nerf gun and... She then took money out of her own account, and they, they, they got her. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. What? I don't know. They don't say. She's uh faces two counts, attempted robbery with a weapon, and then she has a $20,000 bond. Oh, my goodness. A uh, drunkity drunk Florida man crashed into a fire hydrant, and that wasn't the only thing he did. Then he attacked a deputy. A Flager County man was driving drunk, drunk fleeing police, uh, ran into a fire hydrant, and uh, then when deputies tried to take him into custody after he exited the vehicle, he tried to attack the deputy, and he immediately was taken to the pokey because you just don't, you can't. That's not that you can't do that. You can't attack deputies. Just you, you're driving drunk. You hit a hydrant. Just get out and be peaceful. A uh, Florida woman was shop. She was just you know out shoplifting. When her car caught fire and two ki- her two kids were left unattended inside. She was in a Dillard's to steal. 24-year-old Central Florida woman is in jail after two- her two children were left alone inside her vehicle when it caught fire. Uh, Orlando's Fox 35 reported that Alicia Moore left two of her children inside. It was May 26. And a uh, car was engulfed in flames. She was leaving the store with her stolen items. She dropped everything and ran out. And uh, her one child was treated for first-degree burns to face and ears. So she's held on a $48,000 bond on all kinds of charges. Wait, that's they, just... They still have Dillard's? That's what you got out of the that's story? That's what I got out of the story. They have... There's Dillard's are open? Yes, there's a Dillard's. I haven't seen Dillard's. a Dillard's. Really? When's the last time you see the Dillard's open? I mean, I don't go to malls. I hate well, yeah, shopping. Yeah, I am just saying. I haven't, seen, I haven't seen anything about Dillard's. But this woman was in it when her kids were burning in her car. Yeah, but I didn't know Dillard's was still oh, open. Oh, for the love. Dillard's is still... Kane's like, wait, what? Dillard's? Dillard's is there? No one's this there. All right, this guy also is the worst. This is the worst disguise of all time. So another robbery, right? Uh, this is NBC6. 
So on Saturday, it was at a phone repair store in Miami Gardens. A man walks inside. He's caught on camera stealing merchandise while wearing a cardboard box on his head. The owner of iRepairTech shared video with NBC6. The man uh, was, the, well, the man was, had this, it was just like a big white cardboard box on his head. And he was shattering glass displays, reaching inside to grab the phones. And the store owner said that he saw the man's face on surveillance video. He started investigating around the shopping plaza. And apparently they found out that the culprit was at the same plaza drinking with his friends at a nearby liquor store. So that's how he leaves, takes the box off his head and goes, sits and has drinks with his friends. Like literally in the same Miami Gardens area. Why? The guy's identified as Claude Vincent Griffin. He's 33 years old. He was charged with grand theft, burglary, criminal mischief. Oh, also cocaine possession and resisting an officer without violence. So why would you go to... That's just like of all the places that you, if you're going to, I'm not saying commit theft, but you're wearing a box over your head and you're just, did he want to go to jail? I mean, if you're really going to try to like steal something and then get away, why would you target like a phone repair shop? Wouldn't you set your goals higher? I mean, I'm not encouraging this, but I'm just trying to figure out why do you risk the biscuit for that? Doesn't make any sense to me. All right. Coming up in our second hour, uh, cultural Marxism. Target is apparently funding a group that wants to close Mount Rushmore because Mount Rushmore is about white supremacy. That's the latest. And we're also going to talk with our friend Stephen Yates. China is trying to defend cutting off an American warship in the Taiwan Straits. We'll talk about that. Stay with us. Hey, this is Todd Herman, host of The Todd Herman Show. You might have heard me on Rush Limbaugh's show. I was a regular fill-in for about eight years. I now do a show out of the high mountains of free America because, you know, I got exiled from Seattle. Google Gemini correctly predicts the present day. Mind control matrix. The internet, television, even our phones wouldn't just be distractions, but tools used to manipulate the masses and suppress critical thinking. I said that correctly. Check out The Todd Herman Show every day on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. It's just, you have to force behaviors. And if you don't force behaviors, whether it's gender or race or just any way you want to say the composition of your team, you're going to be impacted. And that's just not recruiting. It is development, as Ken said. Hmm. So that's BlackRock CEO Larry Fink saying that you have to force behaviors in companies when it comes to gender and race and diversity and inclusion. Hmm. Cultural Marxism. Why do you have to enforce it? Why should he? Why is he the person who determines whether or not that should be enforced? That's ridiculous. I mean, it's like companies run how they ought. Yeah, why can't it be organic? Why can't companies just run how they see fit and then naturally grow to best benefit the structure of their company? I mean, that's the million dollar question. Top of this third hour this Monday with you, Dana Lash here. Listen coast to coast, YouTube, Facebook channel, three forty seven Direct TV. It's this cultural Marxism. It's this ESG stuff. That's what's so infuriating about all of this. And you got Larry, because these are the people, even if it's a privately owned business, you still have to, privately owned business, you still have to think of the suppliers and the banks and everything else. I mean, at some point it all comes into play, you know, regardless. That's one of the things with Chick-fil-A. You know, Chick-fil-A is a private business, but they still have to deal with all of this other stuff. <sighs> so this uh, soundbite from Fink why do they get to make this determination about businesses that they, they didn't put the time or effort into? They didn't put the time or effort into these businesses. 
They didn't, that's not what makes a business successful. Good grief. They keep going. Target. They're funding a group, according to the New York Post, calling for demilitarization and shutting down Mount Rushmore as a symbol of white supremacy. Wow. I mean, the hits keep coming. This is after all of the gay onesie stuff. The, or the transgender onesie stuff. Embattled retail giant Target. They have funded a nonprofit, a company that, that, I mean, this, I don't know how much they've given to them. It's an organization, Indian Collective. And they said that it's dedicated to building, to building the collective power of indigenous peoples. And they said the very existence of Mount Rushmore is a symbol of white supremacy. And say they, it's on stolen Lakota land. I'm so tired of hearing this stuff. I mean, all of this, it keeps going out over... By the way, the Lakota took it from Cheyenne. Everybody took land from something. They conquered the Cheyenne in 1776. And then that's how Lakota got Black Hills. So don't sit here... So who stole land first? Did you steal it? So you're mad because someone stole land that you stole? Someone took land that you stole? Is that how this works? I mean, history is important. That's why education is important. That's why it's important to understand who did what back when. I am so tired of hearing this nonsense... We are so mad that this was take that the thing we stole was stolen from us. How dare you? You mean conquered? By the, I mean steal is like a whole different words have meanings. I don't like to use the word steal because it sounds you know makes it sound like petty theft. Good heavens! I mean the history of the Black Hills. I mean do we not do we not know this? I mean good heavens! Yeah they uh, they conquered Cheyenne and they took territory. So they stole it. So Lakota stole it from Cheyenne in 1776. And then in 1868, it was the Fort Laramie Treaty, and that's how Lakota got it. So wait, who's stolen from who? Are you are you are they speaking up on behalf of Cheyenne? Because that doesn't sound like it. So tired of this. So that's who they're that's who they're they're mad at. And Target's funding this. Do people actually pay attention to? No, they don't. I'm being rhetorical. They apparently they don't pay attention to the groups that they shell out money to. Case in point, BLM. Where did all BLM's millions go? Nobody knows. But hey, Patrice Calors and everybody else has, they have all mansions and multiple, multiple mansions. How nice. So the NDN collective, they've launched a campaign called Land Back. And they said America should give up its public land. They've, they push anti-Israeli. And I don't mean like we're against the Israeli government. I mean, they hate Jewish people. They, they use the terror slogan, from the river to the sea, Palestine will be, Palestine will be free. That means they don't want Israel to exist. That's what that statement means. From the river to the sea, from the Jordan River to the sea. That's what it means. No Israel. So it's a little bit more than just we don't like the government. They, they don't like Jewish people. So the New York Post reached out, and of course the group didn't respond. They said that the leadership of the group, of course it's a DEI person, Kira Fernandez, uh, has demanded that white women get to work to combat the systemic racist. Shut up. I'm so, I can't even deal. So you have the, the trans stuff, the tucking swimsuits. So you have that. And then the, the trans movement, which is trying to desperately fold itself into the LG movement and use that as cover. And apparently a lot of the people in the gay movement don't like that. So it's a big mess. Absolute big mess. And so Target is now, this is what happens when you try to make every woke group happy.
just sell stuff and be like, yeah, we just if you want to buy it, if you want to buy adult merchandise for stuff, that's one thing. But kid stuff is a whole other thing. You know why I say that? Here's why. Because let's just be honest. And this is not I'm not passing judgment on anyone. I mean, I will. But I want to be very clinical in how I address this. The alphabet movement. Do you have the alphabet movement without sex? Can anyone, I mean, is that an answerable question? Take away sex. Can you have that movement? It is a movement literally built on sex. Why are we including kids in this as a measure of anything? I mean, little kids. I saw video. Where's this video at? I'm looking for this. I have this. Uh, It was taken at... A it was a pride parade. And I mean, there are pride parades that you know people go to. Again, it's you know it's adult stuff. I think it's adult stuff. But they had kids on it. Where is this video? I I have a million windows open, and it was a um, how do I put this? Really inappropriate uh, situation where there was somebody who was in a raunchy wear and um, shaking it in front of kids. It was in Arizona. I'm looking at it now. Twitchy has a whole write-up on it. Because everyone's like, oh, conservatives are, are waging, waging a war against drag culture. But that's not... It, it was uh, Tempe's first annual all-ages pride party. And I can't even play the lyrics of one of the songs performed live in front of all-ages because they were talking about anal intercourse, like, graphically. I can't even play it. Uh, Juan has, yeah, Juan's like, we can't play this bit. We can't play, uh, yeah, we can't play literally any of this. So if I can't play it, why are kids there? I mean, this is about age appropriateness. Age appropriateness. Why are, why do you, why are you using little kids as the measure here? Then there was like a parade where there was a kid in the back of a parade and someone was literally shaking their bare edible snakes in front of the kid. Wow. Like if that was in a strip club, they would be arrested. The kids' parents would be fined. That, that would be like some kind of uh, negligence charge. The point is that this has to do with, with age appropriateness. So Target has this whole thing. And there's, there's a lot more to it. I saw, I, I don't know if you've seen this. There have been a number of doctors on social media. So now the thing on Twitter is to, uh, they've been posting this thing about uh, Dylan Mulvaney. This one doctor, Dr. Um, Ahmed Malik, Ahmed Malik, who is a surgeon, and he talks about freedom of speech and medical ethics, so immediately he's hated. He tweeted a picture of Dylan Mulvaney going, is this person a woman? And so a couple of these women lady docs were going, OBGYN here, and yes, stop, move on and stop spreading hate. So I asked one of them, I asked one of the doctors, I said, Okay, so how would you treat his endometriosis? How would you treat his cervical cancer screenings? What, what cancer screenings does he get? So Michelle Quinn, who is a doctor, immediately blocked me when I asked that question. Hmm. I asked Jennifer Lincoln, who also was going after Dr. Malik, and I, I asked her the same thing. How would you treat these issues? I mean, it's a reasonable question, right? I mean, it's Dylan Mulvaney. So do you know what I think is cruel? And what I think is heartless is any rat bastard medical professional who 
affirms the cosplay of a dude identifying as a woman, pretends to treat them and sends them a bill. That's heinous. How is that compassionate? None of these doctors will answer that. How is that compassionate? Oh, yes, I'm going to go ahead and pretend treat you. And then I'll send you a bill for your pretend treatment. And then I'll virtue signal on Twitter about being so compassionate because you're making money off of it without having to actually do the work that you were trained to do. You're making money off of it. You are merching out a mental illness. I find that the opposite of medicine or science. That's just cruelty. It is cruel. And these people wear this veneer of somehow being compassionate while accusing everyone else of bigotry? I had a back and forth, a very kind back and forth discussion with someone who was a radiologist and they were saying that, you know, you should be respectful of their choice and treat them as a woman. It's the decent, humane thing to do. But the science is that they're still biologically male. Okay, well, you can't use wrong pronouns and still say that. Plain pretend is not compassionate. Being realistic about what people can and cannot be treated for to save them time, to save them heartache, to save them money, that is the compassionate act. This idea of somehow it's polite, it's just, you know, it's just societal niceties, it's polite. Indulging mental illness is not polite, it's not medicine, it's enabling. And that's, how I, that's what I view it as. When you are going to the extent of harming yourself to fit this incorrect perception of self, that is dangerous. So when is the line going to erase for anorexia or a bulimia? If someone has a, a body issue disorder and they see themselves as being overweight when they're skinny, are you going to help them to starve to death? Are you going to help them to force vomit? I mean, where does it end? You think you're being compassionate by making someone else easy in their struggle instead of helping to build them to overcome it? That's not compassion. That is evil. It is cruel. And it's masquerading as a kindness, which I find absolutely disgusting. How much do you spend from your paycheck in about 100 days? The Watchdog on Wall Street podcast with Chris Markowski. Every day, Chris helps unpack the connection between politics and the economy and how it affects your wallet. The federal government is on pace to spend over $1 trillion per every 100 days. Are Speaker Johnson and congressional Republicans doing anything about it? Enough is enough. Whether it's happening in D.C. or down on Wall Street, it's affecting you financially. Be informed. Check out the Watchdog on Wall Street podcast with Chris Markowski on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five. All right, so Twitter's ad sales, at least in the United States, have plunged about 59% as woes continue. Uh, woes. They love this. The media loves this. Internal forecast, the company projected that ad sales would keep declining, handing a tough challenge to its new chief executive because they brought on someone else as uh, Musk kind of transitions to an emeritus sort of position. Uh, it's an NBC Universal executive who was named the new CEO at the very end of last month. Uh, she's already started her job. So they're saying, oh, well, there's a decline in U.S. you know, ad revenue sales, et cetera, et cetera. 
Yeah, well, I I know they want its demise and they're going to encourage that, which just amazing. It's a fight over your mind. San Francisco residents are calling for boots on the ground to fix the city. They say we need to, we need action now. You know what that action looked like? Your vote. Mm-hmm. Your vote. That's what it, that's what happened. I mean, you you had action. They said San Francisco Mayor London Breed's plan to fight crime and homelessness is falling flat. They're weary of what they're seeing happening. Drug use, crime. I mean, this is literally what lawmakers have been pushing for in San Francisco for decades. People didn't see this coming. And now after all this, these years of voting for the same thing over and over again and to finally now endure the consequence of it, people now want intervention by way of what boots on like what does that mean boots on the ground what do they want more poli- i mean this is literally what you're supposed to vote for this is what we were telling you and everyone's like you're a bigot for telling us this these are does is that look like bigotry now i mean do you like crime i don't know they said that their their activists are putting pressure on uh on london breed and others uh they said that they've been clashing the board of supervisors and the mayor and they've had about how to approach crime, you know, in areas like the Tenderloin neighborhood, all this other stuff. They said they're trying to shut down public drug dealing. How is it that hard to shut down public drug dealing? That's how bad your society is when you voted yourself into oblivion. And now you you struggle to even end public drug dealing. I'm not talking pot. I'm like opioids, cocaine. That's what we're talking about. That's just insane. The first GOP primary debate has been announced. It's going to take place on August 23rd. Now, there's still there's there's no uh, rules just yet. We don't even know who's going to make it on the main stage, but it's going to be on August 23rd. That is the date that they're looking at. So I know, golly, can you imagine who's all going to be on that stage? We know uh, Sununu's not. So Chris Sununu, I wanted to say John, Chris Sununu. Uh, wrote a piece uh, for NBC saying that he uh, started waning off of the idea of running for president. He said he's much more useful as an unleashed voice, and he says the field is too crowded and he's not going to run. But he had to sit down with CNN to say that he wasn't going to run, which I thought was weird. Like, why do a sit down with CNN to announce that you're not doing something? That was kind of weird. But he's not. He said that it would be too crowded a field and he's, he's not going to do it. Well, at least he read, he saw the weather report. Stephen Yates up next. To catch up on all the headlines and crazy wokery, download the Dana Show podcast and get Dana's perspective on the Dana Show. So President Biden has answered this hypothetical question on multiple occasions, as you say. He has also, on multiple occasions, including in the very same breath, said that our policy towards cross-strait relations towards China and Taiwan has not changed, that it is rooted in the one-China policy, the three joint communiques, the Taiwan Relations Act. That remains the fundamental foundation of our policy. The president himself has said that. He said it directly to Xi Jinping. But, but there's a contradiction here. Well, first of all, the entire Taiwan policy of the United States is built on uh, a series of internal tensions. That's a really odd way to put it that's jake sullivan he's having a, a very hard time explaining why the president who has said that the u.s would in fact send troops to taiwan in the event of any kind of chinese invasion why that doesn't represent a change in official policy i don't think he did a very good job of explaining that and and to that point he also hasn't done a very good job either when he was explaining no 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 we're not looking to decouple our economy from from China where I mean this banner people that they have over at the over at NSA uh, joining us right now on this Stephen Yates and others 
Stephen Yates at Yates Comms on Twitter, senior fellow at the America First Policy Institute, and he's also the chair of the China Policy Initiative. Stephen, always good to see you over the weekend. A really astonishing moment. A Chinese warship cutting off a United States destroyer in the Taiwan Strait as the U.S. and Canada were doing drills. It was 150 yards away. And China accused, they went all the way over there, and accuse the United States of being the one to provoke them. I just wanted to get your thoughts on this, because that seems like that's that's a pretty big escalation. I don't know why they would want to mess with that particular destroyer, because apparently it's packed. I was reading this list of all kinds of air-to-surface missiles, everything. Well, I mean, this is the country that had a jet fighter uh, crash deliberately into a lumbering EP3 surveillance vehicle way back in 2001. Uh, so they are totally within the, the realm of their comfort zone to fly way out of their way to engage in a conflict. Uh, so this was obviously a deliberate act. They are, I think, being much, much more aggressive now than they have been in recent years about trying to deny a principle that's governed international relations for centuries, which is freedom of navigation on the high seas. Uh, and basically, the most powerful nations on the on the planet have, uh, among all their other disagreements, protected that fundamental right. Mm-hmm. And it's China that is most revisionist about this. And it's the West, as people like to refer to it, with those, I think, crumbling powers of Europe uh, walking away from these principles. But really, China sees weakness and they're pushing. So, yeah, they're establishing that the Taiwan Strait is their waters. It's not international waters, even though it's 100 miles of choppy seas that separate an island from a continent. Uh, But you would like to believe that Japan, Australia, and those Europeans might wake up and say, hey, wait a minute, this is an international principle that's being challenged. Yeah, exactly. And while apparently coming up, we're looking at the 34th anniversary of Tiananmen Square, there were two officials that arrived in Beijing to try to thaw relations, which, I mean, I want to get into that, but why do we have to go to them to try to thaw relations? This comes after last week revelations that a CIA, a hybrid, you know, someone with the CIA was trying to do the same thing in the Biden administration. I mean, it should be the opposite, but we seem to be doing all of the legwork to, to try to quell these tensions. Well, it's also people who are trying to recreate the cloak and dagger mystery of Henry Kissinger's outreach to China during the Cultural Revolution there in the height of the Cold War. They think this makes them brave advocates of engagement in diplomacy. It's very high-minded of them to operate in secret and to be an ardent suitor of an adversary that poisons us with viruses and steals from us on intellectual property and likes to fly its planes into ours and run its ship up close to ours and all that fun stuff. But these guys can jet set around and sit down around a table and beg them to come back to talks. It's obviously not a good look. It makes America look weak and it emboldens the Chinese government to push even further. There's no evidence that these efforts at appeasement have made the situation better. None. Yeah. And, and this comes, Politico reported that China's new defense chief apparently goes to the U.S., but met with Europeans, their Chinese defense minister. He refused to go beyond a handshake with Lloyd Austin, his counterpart in the U.S. I mean, that is, I mean, it just makes us, especially with a country where image means a lot. I mean, you have to understand your foe before you can deal with them. And it just doesn't seem like they're taking that into consideration because they put themselves out there and China just gets an opportunity, to, you know, for the lack of a better way to put it, to stunt on it. I mean, that's just really what it is. 
Well, anybody that spent five minutes studying the Chinese Communist Party should know that they are masters in their own definition of messing with your mind and messing with your words. And if they get you speaking from their song sheet, then they've already started to control your mind and your policy. And there's too many Americans who've fallen along with this. That clip of the White House saying what we're talking about, the one China policy and going back to the, the canonical text of three joint communiques. How many Americans ever voted to elect someone to uphold communiques? I mean, it's a French word for God's sake. So we're not, <laughs> This is not what Americans are about. We should be about an American policy with American interests. We make no apology for it. And if we need to engage, we should engage, but we don't need to beg. And so, I mean, everything about this is wrong. And so, you know, to have on top of it, these guys showing up on the anniversary of June 4th, you wanna call yourselves experts on Asia and dealing with China, you show up on a date that they've tried to memory hole from their own people and you're just going about business as usual. What weaker sign could you send about the importance of freedom and democracy in US-China relations? That's a great point. We're talking with our good friend Stephen Yates. Last uh, question for you here, Jake Sullivan's uh, interview, we played a clip from earlier. He also said in that same interview that we are not looking to decouple our economy from China. So that tells me that status quo is going to stay the same and nothing's changing with this administration. Yeah, that whole business ticks me off to no, to no end. Uh, this, these We're so games happy to get you play. wound up on a Monday. <laughs> They play, but it's almost as if the whole conspiracy got together and they, they set up on their jets to go and bow to the emperor in Beijing. And everyone wants to bring business back. We got Jamie Dimon over there talking about getting things back to normal. We have the White House talking about a thaw. We have the, the National Security Council and the State Department going and preparing for woo woo a possible meeting. I mean, this this is appeasement and engagement coming back in full swing at a time when what is America going to get out of this? Uh, we may avoid a conflict by just giving up American interests in East Asia or giving up the American interest in cybersecurity and clean technology and things like that. But I think it's a huge mistake, mm. but it's just peeving beyond belief. These guys to play around with these silly word games as if, oh, de-risking. It even, isn't even a word for that in Chinese. So I don't know what they think they're trying to communicate or what they think they're going to get the Chinese to buy into. But the Chinese leadership is here for the risk right now. They're eating it up and they're eating our lunch. And I wish we had real men ready to stand up against it. Amen to that. Stephen Yates at Yates comes on Twitter. I wish we did, too. I mean, changing it up. I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens in 2024. At Yates Comms on Twitter, Stephen, always appreciate the time. Thank you, my friend. Good to see you. Thank you, Dana. Take care. You, too. Very true. I wish we had better people to handle these these issues. Can you imagine? I mean, and he made a very good point, too, going over on the observance, the 34th, 34 years since Tiananmen Square, and kind of going along with their memory holding of it. I mean, just unbelievable. Unbelievable. But that's, that's the administration. That's... That's what we're dealing with. And then, of course, with everything else, we were telling you a little earlier, the oil and gas, in case you missed, gas price is going to rise. OPEC plus cutting production by 1.4 million barrels per day. And they're extending that early from the earlier cuts in supply. This is going to go all the way through to the end of 2024. 
And, of course, OPEC Plus includes Russia, thus the plus. And so they said that they had bet they reached this deal on output policy after discussing the issue in Vienna, and they agreed to extend these cuts. So that's a 1.4 million barrels of oil per day. In the meantime, what is the administration looking to do to offset this? They had Saudi's energy minister adding that the new set of production targets is more transparent, much more fair. He said that the cut by Riyadh could be extended beyond July if needed. They said the reductions, they said that the group lowered the targets for Russia, Nigeria, and Angola to bring them in line with their actual current production levels. Uh, UAE was allowed to raise output. OPEC Plus pumps about 40% of the crude, so it's going to have a major impact on oil prices. Now, it was in April that they surprised the administration with that 1.6 million BPD. That took effect in May until the end of this year. So, yeah, we're going to see a, we're going to see a, 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 a price increase. And it's not going to just affect what you're paying at the pump. Keep in mind, everything is going to be touched by this. Everything that has to get shipped, everything that has to get driven, all of it. And what is this administration doing in response to that? Are we increasing our, we could, no. Are we doing anything to expand our refineries? No, nothing. Keystone would have been built by now. I, re- I read a whole piece on the Keystone would have been done. It would have been going. It would have been off- offsetting on the world market. Nothing. Great job, administration. Great job. 2024 is important. We have a lot more on the way. Between Twitter, Facebook, or any of your social media, there's a lot of information out there. That's why your lovable curmudgeon is here to help you make sense of it all. Live or on demand, The Dana Show. Make sure you sign up for Chapter and Verse over at Substack. A lot of good stuff that comes out of that throughout the day. And I'm going to include uh, something on this, too, because I was reading this piece. I mean, it's I'll give credit where it's due. It's in The New York Times. And the story is on puberty blockers and they asked what the cost is for puberty blockers and transgender youth and in the piece they talk about how bone density growth flatlines with hormonal abuse because remember there hasn't been any there haven't been any long-term studies on what this does to kids i think um i mean that are going through puberty there's there's no long-term studies on this but what they find just in initial uh surveys is that the teens or their initial exploration, teens' bone density plummets as much as 15% in some from average levels to the range of osteoporosis, which is a condition of weakened bones. And it also, I mean, it gets into a lot. The increase, the increase in suicide risk post-transition, there's a whole government study on this that dives into it's a Swedish study, Swedish government. They, they looked at sex reassigned transsexual persons, three times higher risk of all cause mortality than controls. I mean, it is not informed consent at all. There's nothing about this that is informed. It is just feel good. We're going to do pretend treatment. How is that's not healthy? I mean, they... They literally say, this is on the, the United Kingdom's, their National Health Institute website. They literally say, quote, it is also not known whether hormone blockers affect the development of the teenage brain or children's bones. Side effects may also include hot flushes, fatigue, and mood alterations. I mean, they throw them in this hormonal hell. And I don't know how you come back from that. That's, and, and these kids don't know that. 
And I, I guarantee you that the adults are not telling them. That's terrifying. That is absolutely, it's a very terrifying prospect. This is, it is a, they create from this a permanent condition where they have to rely on pharmaceuticals and all of this for the rest of their lives. That is not healthy. You ought to look at the surgeries that they do. Do you know what it takes to craft a male copulatory organ for a female? I mean, there are actual surgical photos that exist and they take a chunk of skin off the leg and they make a, uh, I don't know how to describe it. I mean, it looks like a potato. It's uh, covered with the thigh flesh and they attach it at the groin and that's what they use to make the male copulatory organ. Has no purpose, no feeling. That's that's supposed to be healthy. I'm not exaggerating. I think it's ridiculous that we can't talk about what's actually being done in these realistic terms. We're supposed to just pretend that this isn't the mutilation, that this is what this means. And for kids who haven't even developed all the way that are, that are still growing, that is not compassion. It's cruelty. It is absolute cruelty. That's why they don't want anyone talking about it. I mean, it's, that's one of the things with this month with the whole pride issue. I do think it's interesting that it's a whole month named after a sin, pride. But you have two factions, one of which has been completely consumed by the transgender movement. They've co-opted absolutely everything that gays and lesbians do. They, you don't even see gay and lesbian anything anymore. It's all transgender. They have entirely co-opted it to, to the point now where it all, it's their flag and their, I can't believe we have flags for that's all based on sex. And that goes back to the question that I asked last hour. Where would the alphabet movement be were it not for sex? Would you still have it? That's the question. I mean, we have parades and all this other stuff and all the corporate virtue signaling. Would you still have it without sex? Meaning that all of this is built up on sexual recreation. It's all built upon sexual activity. Why are we using that as some sort of measure or as the inclusion of children in this as some sort of measure of where humanity or where society stands on quote unquote acceptance? Who came up with those parameters? Because it doesn't sound like it was done by anyone who actually has concern for kids. Whether or not you accept us depends on whether or not we can shake our ass in front of your kids at a brunch. And if you're against it, then I guess you hate people and you're a bigot. Wow. And you wonder why the term groomer came out. Today in Stupidity, Kane. All right. It is uh, BlackRock CEO Larry Fink. Those of you who know BlackRock is they've taken a bunch of Fed money when it wasn't you know, wasn't expensive at all, bought up a bunch of real estate, and then now they're leaving American people with the bag. This is what he was saying. Listen to this. It's just, it, you have to force behaviors. Ugh. And if you don't force behaviors, whether it's gender or race or just any way you want to say the composition of your team, you're going to be impacted. Yeah. And that's not, just not... Larry Fink's in charge like of a, a lot of money. Sounds like a threat, doesn't it? It is a threat. Yeah, because it is. Folks, make sure you sign up for Substack chapter and verse. I will be back with you behind the mic tomorrow. Have a great night.